All right. Welcome in, everyone, to episode 15 of the Peach State Tailgate Sports Podcast. I am Kenny Cochran, joined by my co-host here, Mr. Jake Huell. Oh, yeah. We're glad to be back on back-to-back days for y'all, bringing y'all some more sports content. Yesterday, we talked Braves, we talked Dogs, we talked College Football Week 2, we talked NFL Week 1, and today, it's time to talk about the upcoming games, the upcoming matchups, our picks, how we did last week betting-wise, what we're looking at this week betting-wise. Um, you may notice, if you're tuning in, this is my first time repping it. I am repping the Carolina Hurricanes jersey tonight, Mr. Sebastian Ajo. We are officially under one month from regular season NHL hockey, and I'm pumped about it. Um, I'm a big hockey guy. Jake is getting into it. We'll do a little hockey talk as the show progresses. A little background on my Carolina Hurricanes here. Obviously, we're Georgia boys. We lost our thrashers, um, and uh, the Canes, Canes have been here for me. They're relatively local. We got a couple teams within the vicinity, but uh, you know, I'll stick with my Canes. Um, finished the year last year, tied for the best record in the NHL. If you look at it from a point standing perspective, uh, third in the league in points. The Carolina Hurricanes are by far the best defensive team in hockey, and um, top ten in, in offense as well. Led by Mr. Sebastian Ajo, who is an absolute unit. Um, so yeah, we're excited about. Hockey season coming up. We'll do a little hockey talk, a little picks. Um, I'm actually a plus better in hockey. It's probably my best sport, so um, look for that. Not a sharp by any means, but definitely uh, we'll give give a couple takes on that side. But uh, all right, let's get into it, man. Jake, let's kick it off. What you got for him today? Kenny, uh, great introduction as always, sir. Always got to start off the podcast by saying that. And uh, you are right. I am going to try to hop in this year, uh, obviously, for talking about the Carolina Hurricanes uh, apparently is, is my team. As Kenny had told me, that's my team. I, I don't know, so that's who I'm going to root for. And it's coming up quick. You are completely right on that. We also have another sport coming up quick, Kenny. This is going to be one that I'm going to help you along with. I know that you are a lot more farther advanced in that sport than I am in your sport. We're talking about some Hawks basketball. Obviously, we got a couple of exciting things coming up on the horizon for both of us. I'm more of the basketball guy. Kenny's more of the hockey guy. So, Whenever that stuff comes along, we're definitely going to help each other throughout that process, trying to, you know, keep up with the with the stats and with the players and all that fun stuff. And, you know, I'm really, really excited to, you know, give another sport a try. I've watched a little bit of hockey in my days, but, you know, it's very limited in what I've seen. So, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Um, I know we have a lot of football talk to get into, but before we get into football talk, I want to go ahead and kick it off with our braids like we always do. And, you know, not too much stuff has happened. Obviously, we were on last night or, you know, yesterday. I guess it's yesterday in any situation right here, YouTube or podcast side of things. And there's only been two games played since we were live uh, yesterday or two days ago. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm going to do a little timestamp for you guys. It's 9-19 on September 14th, so it's Wednesday. Uh, the Braves beat the New York... Uh, I about said the New York Giants. I, I'm already in football mode. The San Francisco Giants, 5-1. to one. Um Kyle Wright went out and pitched a hell of a game, earned his 16th win of the season. I want to say that he is now two above anybody else in baseball and wins, which is awesome. I know it's almost like a meaningless stat, but it shows that a guy can win games and anytime he's on the mound. And that is exactly the definition of Kyle Wright. He might go out there and give up a run or two every every outing, but he is going to keep you competitive in majority of ball games. Uh the Braves, obviously, they, they look good in that game. Michael Harris is still hitting the cover off the ball. Dansby hit a big two-run homer in the third inning to help the Braves secure the lead. Um, and then going into yesterday, or Tuesday, as we're going to call it, or actually, I'm, I'm, I'm already too far ahead. Wednesday, I forgot it's a day game that we played today. So that day game's already passed. The Braves lost to the Giants 4-1. Uh, to one. We had Charlie Morton on the mound. They had Carlos Rodon. 
Carlos Rodon looked like an absolute stud. He struck out eight through five innings. Uh, he did end up leaving the game with a blister, but their bullpen, you know, kept us in check. Um, I want to say the long run we scored was a Robbie Grossman single that drove in Von Grissom. And the Giants offense wasn't really rolling too much on Chuck. He gave up four runs in, I want to say, six innings and or five innings. And Chuck is kind of still struggling with the same thing he struggled with all year. Um, hit Batman. Charlie Morton has an issue, and it's not something new for him. He's always kind of been known to hit guys throughout his career. And I don't know if it's because how much spin he puts on a baseball or, or what it is that caused that issue, but he, he's continuing it this year. Um, one positive note is that uh, Grossman went three for three with an RBI, so Grossman's starting to pick that pick it up a little bit. Uh, obviously, when he put that Braves thing, that Braves jersey on, he was balling when he first came out, but he got really, really slow as time went on. And now it seems like he's starting to get hot again, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, a couple more things before we get off Braves talk. We are currently a game out of first place. The Mets game is still actively going, and they are down six to two against the Cubs in the seventh inning. So hopefully. You know, whenever they lose that game or if they lose that game, they'll go back to a half game and we will still be feeling very, very good. Obviously, yesterday we had made up some ground after the Mets lost to the Cubs and the Braves beat the Giants. So we need the we need the Cubbies to come through for us today. Um, an injury note I did notice uh, Ian Anderson got hurt down in Gwinnett. He's injured. I want to say it was a strand oblique. So yesterday, the conversations we were having with talking about our options for the fifth starter it seems like anderson will not be one of those options because he is going on the shelf for a little bit with the with the oblique injury um i have a question for you kenny and that's kind of it to round out my brace talk as of right now like i said we don't have much to talk about because we just talked about this yesterday so I, before i get off of Braves, is there anything that you want to say about the Braves right now um you know obviously it looks a lot better at half a game than a full game or a game and a half like it was. Uh, so we're all Cubs fans right now. Coming off a loss today, it seems like day games, man, are just our kryptonite. I don't know why the Braves, I don't know if we're allergic to the sun or what the deal is, but we cannot win day games. We can't pull them out. We have a terrible record um, in day games, so you hate to see one of those come across. So obviously take the loss there. So, yeah, pull them for the Cubs, man. We need them to, to come through tonight. Um, they got a pretty good lead right now, so hopefully they can hold on to that. We can stick right here at a half game back. Definitely, definitely. We, we want to stick around a half game. You don't want to go a game and a half because then, you know, you're two games away from taking over first place. Right now, we're one game away from taking over first place. You would like to keep it at that level. Uh, my question for you, Kenny, and this is kind of out of the ordinary for us. Most of the time, whenever we talk about baseball, we kind of keep it in Atlanta. We kind of stick with the Braves. But I was on social media earlier and I saw the question being brought up and it was kind of it was it was an interesting question to me. And it was the conversation of who should be the AL MVP right now between Mr. Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge. And I have my opinion and it is a very definite opinion. But I wanted to hear what you thought about that question before I get going on it. Yeah, I have an opinion on that, too. And it's very definite. It's uh, it's Andrew Aaron Judge. Excuse me. Yeah, uh, we're talking about a top six or top seven offensive season ever put together at the major league level among anybody throughout baseball in the modern era of baseball. This is a historic season. Shohei Otani is, is an animal. Don't get me wrong. The guy puts up Pete Alonso numbers at the plate and he puts up Max Scherzer numbers on the mound. That is awesome in itself, but it's a level of you did it last year and Aaron Judge is doing something brand new. Like, not brand new for Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge has been a great baseball player for years now, but this is historic. I know, and I know the conversation is what Shohei is doing right now is historic as well, but it's nothing new for him. Like, you, you can't just give Shohei Otani the 
MVP every single year because of what he's doing. Like That's not going to happen. That's not really liable to happen. And with what Aaron Judge is doing at the plate right now, there's no question about it. In my mind, Aaron Judge is the MVP of Major League Baseball, of the American League. Also, you look at their teams, uh, Angels are now going to finish below 500, I want to say, for been quite a few years in a row they've been below 500 five years i want to say and it is a guaranteed block that they will finish below 500 right now they are out of contention to finish above 500 at this moment and something that i don't think people talk about enough with aaron judge is this dude's a legitimate triple crown candidate um obviously everyone talks about the home runs i think he's sitting at 57 right now which is absurd so he's leading the league in home runs obviously leading the al and rbis and uh it's like 0. 0.009 on the batting average out of first place in that. I think he's fourth in the AL right now. So um, it goes on a little hot streak. He is seriously, you know, contending for the Triple Crown. And in my opinion, if you're even in talks to be a Triple Crown candidate, um, you're, you know, for sure a lock to be in the MVP conversation. Then when you see what this guy's doing at the plate, it's just absurd. Like this guy is uh, by far the best player in baseball this year. And I mean, Shohei, it's like that Pat Mahomes talk, right? You know, about most valuable player in the NFL and how people are saying what Patrick Mahomes brings to that Chiefs team is so valuable. It's almost like you should have Patrick Mahomes and then the MVP. Um, Shohei, it's almost the same thing with Shohei, man. Like, he's going to be in the conversation every single year because he's, you know, and obviously Mike Trout, but what Shohei brings to the team on the bump and at the plate is just ridiculous, and we've never really seen that before, not in our lifetimes at least. So, um yeah, I mean, it's almost like you need a Shohei Award and an MVP award. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Like, like, we, like we had mentioned, you can't just give it to Shohei every year because there's going to be guys out there that go out and have crazy years like what Judge is doing. And this is an outlier season. Like I mentioned, this is easily, this is a top 10 offensive season ever put together. I want to say the WRC Plus is absolutely insane, and it's like seventh at all time among a hitter. So it, it uh, is awesome. So Aaron Judge, man, if, if you are not keeping your eye on this guy, you need to open up because... Turning on a Yankees game, I've done it quite a few times this year, just on my little uh, MLB TV. This dude mashes. Like, it is almost, like, seeing the box scores and seeing the news and stuff does him a discredit. And that's crazy to think, because I get notifications every day. Aaron Judge just hit 50, 56. Now he hit 57. Turn on a Yankees game, check him out. This guy absolutely mashes baseballs. Everything he hits is a moonshot, dude. Like, it's not just, he's not just hitting dink and duck home runs. He's hitting 470 foot bombs. Yeah. He, that Yankees team or something in the water. They have a lot of guys that can hit the ball hard and judges the headliner up there. So it, it's, it, it's really fun to watch. I hate the Yankees, but, you know, it, it's still fun to watch guys mash baseballs 120 miles per hour off the bat. At least they're not the Dodgers. Yeah. At least they're not the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, Clayton Kershaw. Talk about bets. Uh, I do want to mention a bet real quick. Yesterday, Merrill Kelly, four and a half strikeouts over under. Uh, pounded the over. This is going to do a little parlay play. Clayton Kershaw, five and a half strikeouts. Pounded the over. Parlayed those two together. Merrill Kelly had like seven strikeouts in four innings, five innings. I was pumped. I was like, okay, Kershaw has five right now. It's four and four and two thirds. DPS five Ks. Has only given up one hit, no runs, a walk. He's gonna get. He's gonna get that sixth one. Finished the game with seven innings pitched and five strikeouts. Pitched three and a third innings, 10 batters, 10 outs, and did not record a single strikeout and made me lose my parlay. Very upsetting night for me. And that was a West Coast game, and I stayed up after the podcast on my phone in bed watching that game to see if he got it. And he, after I saw uh, like Blake Ferguson come out of the bullpen in the eighth inning and Kershaw was done, my hopes and dreams were shattered. 
Also, I do want to mention live right now. I I did lose a bet again. The Brewers, the Brew Crew, just demolished my dreams. Um, I had them first five minus a half, and they are currently losing to the Cardinals two to one in the bottom of the fifth. And the Cardinals are the teams that hit in the bottom half of the inning. So my my chances are done with that. Actually, running through here too. You're talking about bets. I'm calculating what my record was this past week. That is a smart thing that I have not done yet, Kenny. Um, that is it for baseball talk. I do kind of have like a little article right here. Um, if you are calculating bets, I will run to this stuff real quick just to kind of keep the keep the talks going. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I had seen an article and it caught my. It's by uh, Jet Passan. Uh, big fan of Jeff Passan. I think me and Kenny both are. Yeah, the Jet. And it's talking about uh, tiers of free agents going into this offseason in the MLB. And uh, tier one, it's actually a very interesting list. And it kind of maybe I opened about like how, how many people are going to free agency this year. And it's kind of going to be a really, really crazy offseason. There's going to be a lot of money thrown around. Tier one, we talk about Aaron Judge, Jacob DeGrom, Nolan Arenado, and Trey Turner. I honestly did not know Nolan Arenado was a free agent at the end of the year. That is, is news to me. And... Obviously, the Braves have our third baseman. We're not going to be in the market for Arnado, but whatever team he goes to is, is getting a top three third baseman in baseball. Um, obviously, Trey Turner is an absolute stud. Uh, we watched him play a lot with Washington, and now he's with the Doyers, which makes it uh, seem a little bit worse. Um, with Washington, he absolutely torched the Braves. It seemed like every time we played this kid, this guy was just hitting the ball, going four for five on the Braves, stealing bases, hitting bombs, doing his thing. And with the Dodgers, it's no different. Jacob DeGrom and Aaron Judge, they kind of speak for themselves. Uh, every baseball fan knows exactly what they bring to the table. Uh, both of them are guys that are the best at their spots, I would say, in baseball right now. Um, then we go to Tier 2. We got Correa, Verlander, Bogarts, Swanson, Rodon, Edwin Diaz. Uh, this is going to be a name that I'm not going to pronounce very good. Kude Senga. He's a right-handed starting pitcher, I want to say, from Japan. Um, so he's, he's a new guy to me. And Chris Bassett. Uh, obviously, I mentioned the pretty pretty crowded shortstop room right there. We're talking about Correa, Bogarts, and Swanson, along with Turner that was listed in the Tier 1. So the shortstops are going to get a lot of money this offseason. There's going to be a lot of guys going around. Um, obviously, one of these guys is a Braves guy, and we would like to have Dansby back, but the one good thing is if Dansby, Dansby decides to walk, we have a good guy in our system replacement with Von Grissom. If we're not comfortable with that, there's three other great options out there to go for. So I mean, if Dansby does want to walk, I'm sure Dansby's going to be our number one target among the guys I just listed. But if he does want to walk, there are plenty of options out there to go make a move for. Yeah, that's the beauty, isn't it? I mean, you've got the flexibility. So, obviously, we're going to make a push at Dansby because he's our guy. But if he decides to go elsewhere, like, you've got other options. Yeah, and if you want to go throw money at a guy like Bogarts and, or Correa or Turner, I don't think there's going to be a Braves fan out there that's overly upset. Like, I love Dansby. You love Dansby. But... When you're looking at it as a baseball to baseball player wise, I do think Dansby is probably, and this might be a bold opinion, I think Dansby is, is, is a little bit higher up than Correa on my list as of right now. Um, but Bogarts is a little bit different. I, I love what I see from Bogarts when I watch him. Um, he's kind of up and down a little bit, which, which concerns me. He's also going to be 30 on opening day next year, which is, again, is, is kind of concerning at a shortstop position because you want, you know, you like the youth at shortstop, somebody that got to be a little bit rangy, go out there and make plays. And Bogarts has never really been the, greatest uh defender in baseball at short so you know it's, it's going to be really interesting offseason Rodon's another guy to keep your eye on he's going to go out there and get a bag because he's one of the better starting pitchers in baseball yeah Rodon's an absolute stud 
I am curious to see what Verlander is going to do, though. I am curious to see if he sticks around, which he should, because he's probably going to win the American League Cy Young this year. Or if he just hangs up the jersey. Like, I mean, it, it, the ball's in his court. He can do whatever he wants to. He has plenty of money. His wife is, or his girlfriend's Kate Upton. Like, they, they're loaded already. I mean, he is a lucky man. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, Edward Diaz. Uh, I almost forgot to mention him. He's going to be the first a million, uh, $100 million reliever. That is going to happen this offseason. No reliever has ever been paid $100 million in the contract. He is going to get it. He is going to get an absolute bag this offseason. And I want to see him out. I want to see him leave New York. Please. Please just leave yeah, New York. Out. Go to the American League so we don't have to see you because I feel like <laughs> for years I felt like Jacob DeGrom was the most like annoying pitcher for the Braves to face. Just a guy you could not touch. And he still is. Like He still is that guy. But then I watched the Braves try to hit Edwin Diaz. I'm like, okay. Uh, this this is this is not fun. This is uncompetitive. Ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. But that's my that's my that's my little bit of baseball spiel. I see you're see you're done getting your calculations. It looks like it. You're looking up at the screen. You're looking up at the camera. Looking all bright and ready to roll. So I'll I'll let you kick us off into your next thing, Kenny. What do what do you have next for us on the slate? Let's get into. It. Let's talk some dogs. Roll. All right, Dog Nation, it is here, SEC opener. We are traveling to South Carolina to take on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Week three, we got a 12 o'clock game on Saturday. Um, obviously, I just mentioned it, it's the SEC opener. Real ball is here. It's time to go. I know South Carolina, they might not be the uh, upper echelon, but nonetheless, it's an SEC game. Um, pretty interesting matchup here. South Carolina's a team that's been pretty notorious for giving us fits in the past. Obviously, the team is a little bit different than we have been when you talk about those kind of rough matchups. Um, so I just mentioned it's a 12 o'clock kickoff. Georgia uh, is favored 24 and a half. Um, the over-under, I believe, is set at 55 and a half at the moment. Uh, that just recently went up from the original uh, over-under at 52 and a half. Um, Georgia, 91.2% chance to win this game. A couple of interesting points for me on this. South Carolina. Um, they lose two crucial players on this in this uh, past week at, at Arkansas. Um, starting linebacker Mo Kaba and their number one pass rusher Jordan Strachan. Strachan, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Um, both went out with torn ACLs in this game. Uh, that's super unfortunate, super unlucky. Obviously, I hope those guys make a full recovery. But you lose two stud defenders like that. Um, that that's a tough thing to to roll into a UGA matchup. Um, so they're going to have to figure out how to patch that up against our uh, offensive line, man, because this off Georgia offensive line is the truth. Obviously, Spencer Rattler had two touchdowns and three interceptions against a pretty weak Arkansas defensive back group. Um, that's something we talked about beginning of the season, how Arkansas was up there and <laughs> linebacker and, and defensive line. The whole front seven as a whole was a really, really good unit for them, and they struggle in the defensive backfield. So um, see a guy like Spencer Rattler struggle against them makes you wonder how he's going to do against an upper echelon defensive backfield in UGA. Teams have, uh, or, or excuse me, analysts have talked about Georgia being a number one, number two defensive backfield in college football. For me, I think they're a clear number one. Um, so, uh, and then on the Georgia side of things, um, we didn't learn too much from last week's win. Obviously, Sanford is, is Sanford. They're an FCS team, and, and they're a pretty good team. You know, I'll give them a little bit of credit where it's due. Um, haven't really faced too many challenges yet. We don't really know what Oregon is. We'll find out this week in a matchup against BYU, which I'm sure we'll dive into in a little bit. But the defense is the only defense in college football to not surrender a touchdown so far. Um, and against an, an Arkansas defense that's missing two key defensive players, um, I'm expecting this offense to thrive. We haven't really seen a hiccup for this offense for the most part, so I expect them to carry that momentum into South Carolina. 
Yeah, I I think you broke that down amazing. Uh, the offense is definitely not going to be the problem this game. The offense is going to drop a lot of points on South Carolina. The defensive front is going to feast against South Carolina. They cannot pass block to save their life. Michael Williams and uh, Mr. Jalen Carter are going to have games of their lives this coming up weekend. The safety group is the best in college football. Malachi Starks, uh, I don't know what Christmas medicals are like. I'm hoping that we might see him back this weekend. Uh, I, I haven't really done no research on that, so I can't tell you 100% sure. But even after that, Tyke Smith, Dan Jackson, those guys are studs. The guys that are going to get tested most in this game to me, and I'm very excited to see it because I feel like we haven't seen it much so far this year, is Keely Ringo and Kamari Lasseter. And we know what Keely Ringo is. We know Keely Ringo is a stud. I am really, really excited to see Kamari Lasseter and see what he can do against uh, South Carolina. One thing I will give Spencer Rattler, and he's, he's the best quarterback we've faced so far this season. I will say that he is a better quarterback than Bo Nix. And he likes to take more chances than Bo Nix. Bo Nix took a couple chances. It bit him, and he quit taking chances. He, he took one chance down the, down the left, left side of the field on a deep ball, and it got picked off by Malachi Starks. And I think that was the only ball that had 10, over 10 yards of air time for Bo Nix the whole game. Spencer Rattler's not like that. If he throws a pick, he's going to come back out there and try to sling it on you the next drive. That is his game. That is what he likes to do. He likes to play risky. And, you know, if Lasseter is, is not on his, you know, P's and Q's, then it, he might get torched. I, I think Lasseter is an absolute stud, and I think he's going to show out. And I'm really, really excited to see him play. He's a guy I've been really excited or really high on going into the year. And, you know, it's just, it's just a position that really hasn't been tested much so far. So that's going to be something I'm going to look out for. Um, South Carolina cannot run the ball. That's another issue they have. They do not run the ball well at all. So the majority of what they're going to try to do on offense is going to be through the air. So I expect our defensive backs to have games and our defensive line to absolutely feast against this South Carolina football team. Yeah, those are all really good points. I had a couple things I wanted to point out here. Just a couple little fast, quick stats, I guess you could call them. Um, Georgia, obviously, I just mentioned it, the only college football team to not allow a touchdown so far this season. South Carolina is 1-9 in its last 10 games against ranked opponents. Um, Georgia also leads the nation with 1.5 points allowed per game, which is absurd. Um, South Carolina also 1-5 when playing the number one team in the AP poll. Uh, last win was against Alabama in 2010. Georgia 22-1 under Kirby Smart when it scores a non-offensive touchdown. Um, couple, a couple more interesting points here that that i wanted to mention stetson bennett is officially sixth in uga history of 42 touchdown passes let's go um and georgia is an astounding 64 and 8 under kirby smart when scoring 20 plus points good god okay that uh, these are all just kind of crazy points here um and i'll say this too georgia scored on 93 percent of the red zone drives this season scoring touchdowns on 67 percent of those Obviously, last week we talked about the struggles in the red zone and how we, you know, we're, we're struggling to to get the ball in there, kicked a lot of field goals, and I'm I'm looking for a a, a game this week where we can kind of correct that against a weaker defense in South Carolina, where I think Georgia will be able to move the ball through the air and on the ground. Um, and, and to give South Carolina a little bit of credit where it's due, um, they're, they're decent and and pass defense. Um, but a team like Georgia, we're very deep at receiver very deep in the tight end room, and we throw the ball to our backs out of the backfield. We talk about Kenny Mack every episode. Um, I, I don't think Georgia's going to have too much trouble with the South Carolina team. No, I don't think so either. One notable thing, too, to mention before we get off Georgia, uh, I do not believe A.D. Mitchell's going to play in this game. Kirby did have a quote saying that, uh, you know, they run some issues that he, he, will be, he should be able to go, 
but I feel like that's kind of like just college football in a in a nutshell. They're they're not really going to give you too much information. They're going to try to make things seem as bright and joyful as possible. I don't think we're going to see Ad Mitchell play in this game. Uh, we have a long season ahead of us, and we have bigger threats down the line than South Carolina. So I don't think that if this game is close, that they're going to be like, okay, Ad Mitchell is the spark plug we need, and we're going to throw in a guy that's had a high ankle sprain last week to come in and play this game. So I'm expecting Ad Mitchell to take this one off. That's obviously a, a good size hit to this Georgia, this Georgia offense, because he's the number one wide receiver. But like Kenny just mentioned, we're deep at the spot, so we have guys that can come in and fill that position. Yeah, hundred percent. This wide receiver room is it's it's crazy, man. We got guys all over the field that can make plays. So um, I look for for guys like uh Rosemary for uh Rosemary Jack Saint. I think he'll have a big game in this one. Obviously, Lad who is all over the field every single game. And then I, I'm really looking for this to kind of be the coming out party for our tight end room. Um, Brock Bowers showed up a little bit last week, kind of flashed that last year talent that we saw um best tight end in college football i think on anyone's board so um I'm, I'm looking for brock bowers guys like darnell maybe get eric gilbert in there a little bit uh, get a little action so i'm um, curious to see how we attack the south carolina defense do you have the spread in front of you oh yeah 24 any, and a half is there any money you're going to be putting on this game while, while, we're, while yeah. we're on georgia i'm already on it 24 and a half you're on georgia 24 and a half yep i like it what about the over under 55 and a half. You like anything there? I didn't touch it. Um, I, I didn't. I'll lean the under here. I, I would probably lean the under. I don't know if I'm going to go to full 24 and a half on the spread. I, I'm, I think I might wait to see a first half line to see if maybe we can get it around like anything under 14 first half. And I will probably hammer that. And I, I probably will take the 24 and a half. It, it, it's not, it's not a bad bet. It's, it's, Obviously, I think Georgia will beat them by 35. But yeah. if I can get a four, if I can get like a 13 and a half first half spread, I am going to take that all day long. Like um, South Carolina under 15 and a half total points. I also like that. That is that is a beautiful bet that I didn't even see. But I'm happy you just put that in my mind because that sounds like it is going to be absolutely crispy. Well, does that wrap it up for dog talk for you? I am all clear on dog talk, Kim. Let's go ahead and get into the next one. All right, go dogs. Let's move in to the uh, college football week three. Talk about some spreads we like, some games we like, matchups we're excited about. Let's kick it off Friday night. First matchup of the week, 7 p.m. kickoff. Florida State at Louisville. Florida State, two and a half point favor here, minus 142 on the money line, over under set at 56 and a half on this one. Yeah, this is one that I'm very interested in. I do like this Florida State team. But I, Louis, Louisville is my arch nemesis right now because I, I went with them week one uh, against Syracuse, and I thought that they had a chance to blow Syracuse out the water. They lost that football game. And then I, week two, they played UCF. I think UCF was like six-point favorites. I was rolling with UCF, and then they beat the hell out of UCF. So I, I will probably stay away from this game for that sole purpose. But Jordan Travis at Florida State, he's a dog, and I think he could do work. But Leek Cunningham on the other side of the field is also a dog. So... It's going to be a fun one to watch. This is probably just one I'm going to have my eyes on and kind of stay away from. If I was to lean any bet in this game, I think I like the over 56. Yeah, I like that. Uh, this is another game I'm going to kick my feet up and just kind of enjoy this one because the other Friday game, which I'll go ahead and mention, is Air Force traveling to Wyoming. Um, Air Force, 14 and a half point favorites in this one. Uh, this is a game I'm not even going to think about touching. Yeah, I mean, either. I'm not going to watch that football game. I'm going to be nope. watching the Florida State Louisville game. <laughs> Absolutely. 
All right, let's move into Saturday, uh, 12 p.m. kickoff. We talked about Georgia-South Carolina, so we'll kind of bypass that one. Uh, Purdue traveling to Syracuse. Um, Syracuse, one-and-a-half-point favorite here. I lean Syracuse in this game. Syracuse has been kind of impressive so far. You can get them at minus 118 on the money line. Um, I'm thinking about taking that minus 118 and just kind of saying forget the points. Um, Over-under set at 59-and-a-half on this one. I lean the under, um, but I'm looking at that money line, minus 118. Yeah, this is going to be another fun one. You got two quarterbacks out there that can absolutely sling the ball around the yard. Uh, yeah, you know, Syracuse runs the ball a good bit. They have decent success on the ground. Uh, I, I like both of these teams. I would probably also lean towards the Syracuse money line. I don't know if I'd want to get them at one and a half. I'd rather just lose a little bit of juice and just roll with the money line bet. I, I do like that play, though. This is going to be another game. I, I think it's going to be a very fun game to watch for fans. Yeah, I agree. Um Let's move on to some more 12 o'clock games. Uh, right here, we've got number six, Oklahoma, traveling to Nebraska to take on the newly divorced Scott Frost uh, Cornhuskers. Uh, Oklahoma, 10.5-point favorites on this game. Over-under set at 66.5. I jumped on this 10.5 as soon as I saw it. Yeah. Uh, Nebraska's a team that just lost to Georgia Southern. You can say what you want to about Oklahoma. I know they, they struggled a little bit early on against Kent State last weekend. Oklahoma is going to beat the hell out of this this coachless Nebraska team. Um, me and Kitty both like Casey Thompson. We think Casey Thompson is a good football player, but Nebraska all the way around, they have good talent. They have decent talent. There's something about them, and they cannot manage to win football games. Oklahoma is still one of the upper echelon teams in college football. Um, we talk about a quarterback with Dylan Gabriel, who's who went to Oklahoma, and he's, he's, he's putting some good work there. I'm also on Oklahoma. Uh, I think my number's at minus 11, uh, minus 10 and a half, minus 11. Minus 15. I don't care. I'll take Oklahoma. Yeah, agreed there. Um, I'm just kind of running through featured games here, Jake. So if you see any that are, that are you know, not necessarily featured games, then go ahead and hop in and mention those. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I got you. I will, I will also right. jump in there with you. All right. Moving into to the next feature game. This is a 2.30 kickoff. You get Cal traveling to, to, to uh, Notre Dame to take on the Fighting Irish. Notre Dame, 10.5 point favorites here. Um when I saw the matchup between Cal and Notre Dame, my immediate my immediate thought was take the under. Obviously, Notre Dame's quarterback goes out last week, um, and he's a pretty good football player. So, but that was my first thought. And then I saw the over under set at forty and a half in this game. So I am staying away from this game as a whole. There is only one team that we watch play that if they're over under was sitting at forty and a half, no matter who their opponent is, you can take, and it's Iowa. Um. Yep. I am. I, I will probably stay completely away from this game. If I did put a bet on this game, I think I would roll with Cal plus 11.5. I think that would probably be my play in this one. Yeah, I like that. Um, moving to a 3.30 kickoff game, we got an interesting one here. Big matchup. Number 12 BYU traveling to Oregon to take on the Ducks. Uh, Oregon comes in a 3.5 point favorite, get a minus 170 on the money line. Over under in this game is set at 57.5. Um, I do not have a pick in this game for one reason. Um, I'm pulling for Oregon in this game. Obviously, Georgia comes in there and routes Oregon. Anytime Oregon can beat a ranked team, it makes us just look a little bit better. It kind of breaks the narrative that this Oregon team might not be that good. So I'd love to see Oregon pick up a win here, but I'm not comfortable enough in it to take a money line or take a minus three and a half. There's just not enough juice there for me to lay either one of those. Um, So I'm going to kick my feet up and enjoy this game and kind of see how Oregon decides to play this and see what kind of team they actually are. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to have money on this game. I think I'm going to roll with BYU plus three and a half. Uh, BYU has not given me a reason so far this season to not think that they are a good football team. Obviously, they went out last week and beat Baylor, who we both think 
is a good football team. It's a team that was ranked in the top 10. So I'm going to roll with BYU plus three and a half. I was kind of interested in the money line, but I do like having the opportunity of a field goal loss and still winning my money. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with three and a half. I like that. Um, heading to the next 330 feature game, we've got Ole Miss traveling to Atlanta to take on Georgia Tech. Um, this game right here is sitting at a 16.5 point line. You get Ole Miss as the 16.5 point favorite here. Over under set at 62.5. I was actually lucky enough to hop on this as soon as I saw it. I got Ole Miss at minus 14.5. Yeah, that is a lot. Uh, this is another one of those games to me that if you can get Ole Miss minus 20, you take it. Ole Miss is going to beat the brakes off Georgia Tech. I am also an Ole Miss. My number, I have them, it's at 16.5. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of a late game better, everybody. Just so y'all know, I kind of waited out for some. Odd, stupid reason. I do. I, I do if it fits if it fits what I'm looking for, but I, I kind of saw that 14 and a half, and I was like, there's no way it gets you me lower than it. that. Yeah, I couldn't even think about it, man. And um, honestly, right now, the juice at 16 and a half is with Georgia Tech, so this line could move even farther. Exactly. So uh, just keep an eye on this one. I do think that 16 and a half is a good number to get them at. 17 is one of those thresholds that you pass, and you know, anytime you can get to like a 14, a 17, 21, like all those numbers are kind of thresholds that you pass. Um, so I do think 16 and a half is, is still a favorable number to take Ole Miss. I agree. Yeah, I would take Ole Miss, you know, anywhere under like 21. Yeah, I agree. Um, next feature game, 330 kickoff. We got 22 ranked Penn State traveling to Jordan Hare to take on the Auburn Tigers. Penn State, three and a half point favorite here. Minus 154 on the money line. The over-under for this game is set at 47 and a half. I immediately jumped on Penn State. I got them at uh, minus three. A sense move to three and a half. Obviously, the juice is with Auburn. So, I, you know, this line's probably going to move back and forth all week. Um, but I'm on Penn State at minus three. Yeah, I'm also on Penn State minus three. I, I don't think that this line is should be as close as what it is. We've seen decent Penn State-Auburn matchups in the past. I think that's the main reason this line is kind of sitting, sitting in this area. Um. And that moves in uh, to, to another feature game. I'm looking right here. This is a 7.30 p.m. kickoff. We've got number 11, Michigan State, traveling to Washington to take on the Huskies. Uh, Michigan State, three-and-a-half-point dog here. Um, Washington's impressed, man. They've looked like a really good team up to this point, but I'm just not feeling the flow, and I'm taking Michigan State plus three-and-a-half. I went against Michigan State earlier this season, and it came back to bite me. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip my narrative, hop on Michigan State plus the three-and-a-half. I like that a lot here. Yeah, I'm completely with you. Michigan State, just because they lost uh, Kenny Walker to the NFL draft, they're still a good football team, or at least a decent football team. I, I, Washington has not shown me enough to you know, credit me taking them by three and a half. Three and a half is actually a really, really good number to get in football betting. So I will also be on Michigan State plus three and a half. All right, moving to the next feature game. We got Miami at 24-ranked Texas A&M. A&M's five and a half point favorite here. Minus 215 on the money line. Uh, this is a game I'm not going to touch the spread at all. This A&M team, you just don't know which team's going to show up. Uh, the defense is obviously elite. Miami's defense, not so much. Miami's quarterback, stud. A&M's quarterback, not looking too good so far this season. Also, Texas A&M's offensive line has been putrid. Absolutely horrible. So I just don't have any faith in this A&M team. So five and a half, that's a little bit too rich for my blood. So I immediately thought, take the under in this game. If I saw like mid-50s to high-50s, I would think about it. 44 and a half is what this is sitting at right now. No thank you. Yeah, this is, I do not like any line in this game. And um, if I was to put a bet here, I, sorry, SEC fans, I would roll, I would roll Miami plus five. 
Also, uh, the money line at plus 175 is rather juicy because I do think that these two teams are a lot closer than a five-point spread. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami comes in to beat Texas A&M. Obviously, they just got beat last weekend by App State. Uh, Miami's a better football team than App State. So this, this, this is going to be a fun one. This might be this might be for me though one of those ones like we had mentioned where you kick your feet up and just enjoy some football because I, I don't know if I want to have my you know my precious moolah on the line with with these two teams. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, let's, see, let's not let's not forget that Miami struggled with Southern Miss in the first half last weekend. So you know I, I'm not super super you know confident in them either. So this is this is kind of a toss up for me. Well, these are just two teams where you don't know who's going to show up. And that's what makes it so hard to judge is Texas A&M could show up and look like the Texas A&M we expected them to, or they could show up and look like the App State game last week. And Miami could show up and, you know, Van Dyke could come out there and sling for 400 yards and four tutties, or he could come out there and struggle a little bit. It's just, it you don't know. This Texas A&M defense is very, very good, but I just don't know what kind of points we're looking at in this game. Yeah, and these are two teams to me that are very similar in the past couple of years where they've, they've really kind of, you know, brought themselves to relevance in the past few years. And I'm not saying Texas A&M has not disappointed. Obviously, they beat Alabama last year. They were a top 10 team in football last year. But they still have not passed that level of, you know, what we're thinking of them. Miami was a team last year. Whenever Tyler Van Dyke came in, everybody thought Miami was on that next year. And then they lost to Florida State. So, you know, both of these teams have, have suffered, you know, some consequences in the past two years. So this is just going to be a fun football game. and you know. Uh, A&M, Florida, uh, Miami matchup in at A&M, that's, that's going to be electric. Like it's it's going to be a lot of fun football to watch, I think. And then you always got to keep your eye out, Max Johnson. Max Johnson, if he can come in and do what he did last year, he can completely turn this team around. Like They might come out and put up 40, so you, you really never know. This is, this is going to be a very interesting game. It's definitely going to be an electric atmosphere down there in Kyle Field, man. I agree. Um Moving into the next feature game, we've got a 4 p.m. kickoff. Kansas traveling to Houston. Uh, Houston, 9.5-point favorite in this game. Over-under set at 57.5. Um, I lean the over in this game. Um, I'm not touching that 9.5-point spread there. Kansas has looked pretty impressive to me to an extent. Uh, and Houston's another team where you don't really know what you're going to get out of them. This is a team that started off the year ranked, struggled a little bit. They've fallen, fallen back out of the AP Top 25 poll right now. So um, I do like Houston, but I don't know if 9.5 is, is anywhere I'm willing to touch. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Houston lost to UCSA last weekend, right? I have to do a little research on that one. Uh, I'm so. I want to say they lost by three in overtime. Sorry, guys. We are we are live in overtime. What is it? They won in overtime. They won in overtime. Okay, so what, what was the score of that game? I don't know if you already have it pulled up. That was actually that was actually week one, Jake. That was uh, week Houston, one. My fault. Say, yeah, l- last week Houston lost to Texas Tech by three Texas in overtime. Texas Tech. That, okay, that, yep. that's I, what I'm thinking of. I got my teams mixed up. Yeah, uh, I, I I'm also leaning with you on the over in this game. Uh, that that was kind of where I was. I was trying to get my Houston knowledge back up to par. Uh, I I bet in their games both times. I want to say that I bet against them both times. So, <laughs> um. I had Texas Tech. I, I think I won money both times, which is a beautiful thing. I'd love to see that. So I might go against Houston again. We'll see. All right, that brings us into the next game, which is an absolute banger if you've listened to the podcast. We got Mississippi State at LSU. The podcast rivalry. Two teams. Jake and I were a little bit high on. Um, 
Mississippi State comes in as a one-and-a-half-point favorite here. Uh, minus 120 on the money line. The over-under is set, at, in my opinion, a very low 53-and-a-half. I am on LSU, plus one-and-a-half. I'm also on the over 53-and-a-half in this game. I am on Mississippi State, minus one-and-a-half, and the over this game. Because me and Kenny, we had mentioned, we're not high on these teams. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. We do not think these teams are playoff contenders. Whenever we did our SEC West rankings, I want to say I had I had Mississippi State at five. Kenny had them at six. I had LSU at six. He had LSU at five. So it ain't like we were very far off in this conversation. But it kind of sparked up a fun little thing of like, oh, yeah, you think Mississippi State's better? You think LSU is better? So this is rivalry for me and Kenny. This is the Bulldogs against the Tigers. Not, not the Bulldogs from Georgia. So don't get, don't get too worked up now, guys. Uh, so we're, it, this is going to be fun. Jaden Daniels, Will Rogers, uh, two quarterbacks that are really, really fun to watch. And I had a lot of trash to talk about Jaden Daniels uh, preseason going into the year. I was wrong. Jaden Daniels in two games so far has impressed me so much. I want to say last week he was like 21 for 19 with three tuds. I know they what played Southern or something like that. Um, but still, the guy, the guy has been putting in work. So I, this game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I'm going to have a little bit of money on it, obviously, for, for our betting purposes. But this is just going to be one I'm going to enjoy. This is a good old SEC matchup between two teams that are really, really close to each other's skill level. Um, so it's going to make for a really, really good football, te- football game. You can never beat these matchups. No, you can't. This is going to be a fun one. 6 p.m. kickoff on that one. That moves us into the next feature game. We've got Texas Tech at NC State. NC State, 10.5 point favor here. The over-under is set at 54.5. I am on Texas Tech plus the 10.5. Yeah. One of the easiest bets of the week for me. Um, I'm not going to say it's a lot, but it is uh, too many points for that matchup. Those, these two teams are too close together for a 10.5 point spread. And I like NC State a lot. I really like Devin Leary. I like this offense. The defense is obviously very, very good. Um, so I, I also... Uh, that that 54 and a half concerns me, but I, both of these teams can put up some points. So I'm curious to see how Texas Tech matches up with that NC State defense. But NC State, man, they just haven't been able to put it together so far. They haven't looked like a complete team. I still have a little bit of faith in them. I think they they can get it together and make a push for that SEC. But I don't know. They haven't proved anything yet. So uh, Texas Tech, obviously not top team in college, but uh, you know probably one of the tougher opponents for NC State this far. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I, like, I like your pick on that one. Also, 54, 54 is a pretty interesting number. Um, I feel like they couldn't have placed that any better. Uh, I would probably go the over just because this matchup is going to be a competitive matchup. They're going to be trying to put up points but every, every drive. You can get points. So I'd probably lean the over, but I don't know if that's going to be a number I'm going to touch. All right, let's move into the next feature game. we got a 7.30 p.m. kickoff. SMU traveling to, American, to Maryland to take on the Terps. Maryland, two and a half point favor here, minus 140 on the money line. The over-under is set at an absurd 73 and a half. If y'all have been listening to the podcast, you know that I have two for two so far on Maryland overs. Um, 73 and a half definitely concerns me, definitely scares me. Jake and I talked about this a little bit off air, but I'd be remiss if I didn't hop on it, man. I mean, you know, if it's not, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm staying on the train until it derails itself. 73 and a half is an absurd amount of points to lay. But I'll take it. I'm going with the over 73 and a half in this game. You have to. Uh, we have one rule on this podcast, and it's if you're on a hot streak with a bet, you keep on rolling with it until it does not work anymore. Because that seems like it is a common trend in uh, betting in general, is that if you can find a trend that works for you, it is going to keep on working until the odds makers figure out 
Like maybe this is the week that they figure out, okay, maybe we need to start bumping these bump, pumping this up a little bit. And it, it looks like they did at 73 and a half. But hell, maybe they score 80. Yeah, I would not put it against them. Uh I'm going to roll with Maryland, uh, minus two and a half. Baby Tua is a freak. Um, if he was playing at a bigger school than Maryland, he would be getting a lot more recognition right now than what he is. This guy can throw the ball all the way around the yard. He can make every throw on a college football field. He is a beast. So I'm going to go with Maryland. Yeah, little Tua can definitely sling the pill. Um, and that brings me into my final feature game of the night. This is the, the nightcap, 10.30 p.m. kickoff. we got Fresno State traveling to USC to take on the Trojans. USC, 12.5 point favorites in this one. The over-under set at 73.5. I am on USC minus the 12.5. This is another one of those bets that we talk about where you ride stuff until it doesn't work anymore. USC is one of those teams right now, everybody. This line, Fresno State is a good football team, don't get me wrong. But how USC has played football so far this year, it shouldn't be right here. It should not be at 12. This should be closer to 20 to me than 12. So, ride with USC, everybody. It's going to happen. And the over-under is set higher than... The game we just talked about, 74. So I, I'm not going to touch that one, but I will roll with USC minus 12. That wraps it up for me for college ball. You got anything else? Yeah, I do have a bet. Uh, one second. Let me scroll through here. Uh, Iowa, Nevada. Everybody, take take Nevada plus 23. Iowa's I not going to see that one. Iowa, is, Iowa can't score points. It doesn't matter what defense is going against them. They can't score points. 23-point favorites, they might beat them 10 to nothing. I, I will say that. But they, they're not going to beat them by 23 points. I, I want to guarantee that. Also, the over-under is 39. Bet the under. Because Iowa does play good defense. I will give them that. But they also don't score points on offense. So, we talk about a line at 20. At, at Like I mentioned earlier, the only team you take at an over-under of 40. Under is Iowa. And this is the prime example. Just take the under. It, it's going to hit. Yeah, I'm looking at a spicy little parlay right there. Talking about an under, under 39, uh, Nevada plus 23. Yes, I like that a lot. Sign me up. This is gonna be a, this is gonna be a seven to three football game. It might be. It, it legitimately might be. Um, there's another game I looked at too. This is kind of one that intrigues me. Um, South Florida. Going to Gainesville to play the Gators is, is an interesting one to me. I'm not saying I think Florida is going to lose this football game, but 24 and a half points is a lot of points coming off the weekend Florida just had against Kentucky. It makes me a little bit nervous that, you know, if, if South Florida comes out there and they have a good game plan against Anthony Richardson, is he going to be able to throw the ball against them? Is that going to be a thing that happens? If they can manage to stop him from running all over the field like Kentucky did, is he going to be able to make the throws and let them? get beat by 24 points. South Florida's not a, not a terrible football program. They're one and one this year, but their one loss came against BYU, and we already talked about BYU. BYU's a good football team. So this is another game. I, I don't know if I'm going to have my money on it, but it, keep your eye on that, on that plus 24 for uh, South Florida, in my opinion. Yeah, I like that. But that wraps up my uh, college football takes. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm scrolling back through real quick just to see if there's any that, that caught my eye. Um... I think I had one more in here that I was. Oh yeah, um, App State and Troy. Um, this is a very interesting game to me, and I, I think I might ride the App State train. After they beat Texas a last weekend, I know how many points they can put up. Troy's not a bad football team, but I want to say the number. Look, I clicked on it. I want to say the numbers. It's at twelve and a half. App State. The over under is something I I'm interested in. Fifty two and a half. 
I think I'm going to roll with the over 52 and a half with App State on playing football. Texas A&M held them contained, but we saw what they did against North Carolina. And they don't really play defense. A&M couldn't score points on them, but it's App State. So Chase Bryce has been slinging the ball this year. Troy has a quarterback they can also sling the pill. Let's go with the over 52 and a half, uh, App State Troy. I like it. I like it. And I think that's it for me, just on some little random ones I was I was noting and paying attention to. Well, you want to dive into some pro ball? Yeah, yeah, we can do some pro ball. Uh give me one sec. Let me let me get my let me get some stuff pulled up right quick. I don't know how I did not have this beforehand. I am so sorry, everybody. I should have done this. But I did not. Do 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 Okay. Week three of the NFL. Let's go ahead and start off with the cons. How about that? I have, my, I have my Falcons shirt on. Uh, you see it has a number two on there. You know, Falcons legend Matt Ryan. Falcons. Falcons are heading to uh, SoFi Stadium to play the reigning Super Bowl champions, Los Angeles Rams. And I'm going to start this off by saying we are a Georgia-based podcast. We are Atlanta-based. But in the NFL, we, we like to look around the league a lot. A whole lot. And as fans of the NFL, I feel terrible saying this is an Atlanta podcast. In the grand scheme of things, this is a lot bigger game for the Rams than it is the Atlanta Falcons. This is a game where the Rams, where we get to see a chance if the Rams are what they were last year. Because if they don't come out and show up against the Falcons, things are not looking good for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, talk about Matt Stafford. He, he played a pretty rough game last weekend. He's going to go against a lot more favorable matchup this weekend against the Falcons. Usually the pass rush, you know, we had four sacks last weekend against the Saints. That's not what we're going to do every game. We don't have the, you know, we don't have the guys on this team to put up numbers like that. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, the guys that we like, Ebiketti, uh, Ogan Deji, there's a lot of guys the Falcons have rushing the edges that aren't going to be able to put up those numbers consistently. Grady Jarrett's an absolute beast. We know that, but he can't do, he can't get a damn two sacks every game. That's not going to happen. Uh, there is some, some key, uh, injury things for both teams. Uh, Damian Williams is questionable for the game right now. He got banged up a little bit last week. And on the Rams side of the ball, Leonard Floyd is questionable along with Van Jefferson. I know they're looking to get Van Jefferson back. He's going to be a big part of that offense when he does come back. He's kind of like a he's kind of like their secret weapon with the Rams. He's kind of the guy that nobody really ever talks about, but he he can play ball. He's a, he's a great wide receiver. Um and the Falcons, this is going to be a fun test for Drake London because he is going to go against Jalen Ramsey. And on the other side of the on the other side of things, Let's see what Jalen Ramsey does because he had one of the worst defensive games in week one against Stefan Diggs among every defender in football. So he gets to have a week two matchup going against this Falcons depleted, you know, pretty weak wide receiver group. I'm assuming that Drake London is going to be his guy. I also would not be surprised at all if we see him move towards the box and go up against Cal Pitts. We've seen it in the past. Teams have moved corners to guard Cal Pitts and it works out pretty well for them. So that's going to be something I also will keep my eye on. Uh, Cordero Patterson, he, he was a workhorse in week one. I'm curious to see if he can maintain that in week two. And we talked about the, the pass protection week one. Pass protection looked good for the Falcons against the Saints. Do they have a tough matchup right here against the Rams? It is going to be tough to maintain it, especially at the guard position where we're already kind of weak. Uh, obviously, we talk about Lindstrom. Lindstrom is an absolute beast. But, you know, Dahlman at center and Elijah Wilkerson at the, uh, I want to say right guard spot or left guard, left guard spot. That's going to be uh, a lot of fun for Aaron Donald to be rushing against those two guys and get to see what they can do against Donald. 
Yeah, I thought a really interesting point you just brought up was the Jalen Ramsey talk. Um, Jalen Ramsey, man, he's such a big and physical corner that I think definitely bringing him in to face Kyle Pitts a little bit is something that I'd be really intrigued to see how that plays out, man. Um, Kyle Pitts is so big, so athletic. He's so long. He's got the ridiculous wingspan. Uh, and Jalen Ramsey is by no means any different. This dude is an absolute stud. Um, genetically, he's a freak. Athletically, he's a freak. And, you know, obviously he's probably the best corner in the league. Um, even coming off a stinker in last week's game against Stephon Diggs, um, that's a really interesting matchup that I hope we get to see a little bit. Yeah, and one thing last year I noticed the Panthers did is the Panthers were kind of the first team that tried that. I want to say they brought Stephon Gilmore in to cover uh, Kyle Pitts one-on-one for a good bit of the game, and it actually worked really, really well in the Panthers' favor because Kyle Pitts is a unicorn. That's what his nickname is across the league. He's a freak of nature. But whenever you're used to lining up against, you know, linebackers and safeties who aren't so used to running that man coverage like a corner is uh it's it's a little bit of a different matchup that you might not be used to at the nfl level pitts is still a young player he's going he's in year two right now it doesn't really seem like it because of how much success he's had at the nfl level so far but uh a matchup against Jalen ramsey is going to be like you mentioned very very fun to watch as a football fan a cal pitts Jalen ramsey matchup is going to be wild and i'm assuming that the falcons are going to be doing Everything we can with Kyle Pitts because he was kind of quiet week one. So we're going to do it whatever we can to get him rolling. So I would not be surprised to line him up out wide, line him up, you know, in line with tackles, uh, whatever we can do to get this guy, you know, flowing and get him, get him some more targets in the offense. Yeah, 100 percent. And Drake London, dude, he looked good in, in week one. So uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see how, how his season unfolds because uh, Marcus definitely loves him. Yes, he does love Drake London. I think everybody, you know, if you're a quarterback, he's. He's kind of like a dream out there. He's a big kid. He's a big guy. He can go up and get the ball. Uh, he obviously has great hands. He's he's just an all-around weapon on this offense. And you are right. I'm, I'm really excited to see what this kid can, can do in the future. All right. Does that wrap it up, Falcon Stall? Yeah, that, that's it for my cons right now. All right, let's look at this week two NFL slate, man. We got an absolute banger tomorrow night or tonight if you're listening on the podcast side of things. Thursday night football matchup, Chargers are traveling to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs, four-and-a-half-point favorite here, over-under set at 53-and-a-half. I have two picks for this game, Jake. I am on the Chiefs, minus the four-and-a-half, and I'm on Clyde edwards Lair over 15-and-a-half receiving yards. Um, If you don't take the Chiefs, okay, this, this to me is a hard one because both these teams are great. If you don't take the Chiefs minus four-and-a-half, then you might be crazy. You need to roll with that bet right now because the Chiefs are the hottest team in the NFL. Um, I know the Chargers are a great team, um, but this is this is going to be a bloodbath, and I expect the Chiefs to come out on top by at least a touchdown. You are right. That Clyde Edwards-Hilaire pick is crazy. I'm surprised you can get that number that low because he is a guy that is known to go out there and get some catches and get some targets. The guy had two receiving touchdowns last week, so... You know, Patrick Mahomes likes to target him out of the backfield, and I kind of feel like that's kind of his role right now with this Kansas City offense. Obviously, we talk about Pacheco. He's kind of there. At least in week one, he was their primary ball carrier, and uh, Edward Solaire was doing most of the work out of the backfield as a pass catcher. Um, so that that is also a really good bet. I did see something, too, that I am kind of interested in. I'm sorry, Patty Mahomes. I might roll with Patrick Mahomes over half an interception at plus money. He's going to throw He's going to throw a couple of them. It's going to happen. And this Chargers defense is not bad. And this is going to be a game where that ball is flying through the air on both sides. I think that this might be a decent little play that I might sprinkle a little bit of cash in on. 
A little injury checkup right here. Let's check on the status of Mr. J.C. Jackson. He missed week one. Is he going to be active this game? Uh, I don't quite know. J.C. Jackson is questionable right now in that game. Uh, Keenan Allen, we mentioned he's out. Also, Harrison Butker's out. I want to say they called up uh, Amendola, something Amendola. Matt Amendola is, is their new kicker. I, I'm a fan of the NFL. I'm sorry. I don't know the practice squad kicker for the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, so... That the Chiefs actually um, signed somebody because they don't carry a second kicker. Obviously, you saw uh, Justin Reed coming in there kicking extra points. Um, they bring they brought. Oh God, hold on. It's Amendola. Something is it? Is yeah. is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah. I think it's Matt Amendola. I could be completely wrong on that. Um, yeah, Matt Amendola from their uh, their signing. Yeah, they signed kicker Matt Amendola as Harrison Butker recovers from ankle injury. So, yeah, Matt Amendola. I was right. What? Let's go. Let's go. And, yeah, you just mentioned it. Keenan Allen out in this one goes into my, my four-and-a-half uh, pick. Uh, that goes into my reasoning a little bit. And J.C. Jackson, yeah, all I can find is that he's still questionable. So, um, quite, you, typically, when you're questionable, the night before a Thursday night game, it's going to be a game-time decision. So, you're not unfortunately, not going to be able to work that into um, – any decision making for the bets unless something is released like you know a little bit prior to kickoff um but yeah regardless i like chiefs minus four and a half here i like clyde edwards alaire over 15 and a half receiving yards i'm also thinking about taking a little sprinkle pat mahomes over 17 and a half rushing yards yeah i like that uh one player prop i'm looking at is there's not much juice here but i do like the play is mike williams over four and a half receptions uh we talked about keenan allen being out mike williams was kept pretty quiet week one this is not going to be a guy that's going to be held down for long. He is an absolute beast when he's rolling, and he I expect him to be rolling, you know, as soon as tomorrow or today on the podcast side. All right. I think that is going to bring us into the next game on the slate. Um, guys, if you're following along, I am using FanDuel Sportsbook to get all my odds. Um, that moves us into Sunday 1 o'clock matchups. we got the Washington Commanders traveling to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. This is a no-brainer for me. Detroit Lions are a, a point and a half favorite in this game. Over under set at forty eight and a half. I'm on Commanders money line plus one hundred eight. Um, I am. Uh, 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 uh. This is tough. This is very tough. It's going to be a fun game to watch because I feel like it's going to get us to that level where you know we can kind of get a better understanding of both these teams. These teams, to me, and it's going to be weird to say this, but I feel like both these teams can put up some numbers on offense. This might this might be an offensive heavy game between the Lions and Commanders, which is something I feel like I I wouldn't have expected last year. But this Lions team, we saw them last week. They put up uh, what thirty five points against the Eagles, and the Commanders team can also put up points. Carson Wentz went out and threw four tuds last weekend, so this is gonna be a game I'm gonna keep my eye on. I would probably like to maybe stay away from this game, but you know, for the fun of things, I'm going to say I would roll with. Uh, I would probably roll with the Detroit money line and just take my take my hit on on the little bit of juice I lose. All right, I respect it. Um, let's move into the next matchup. We got the Jets traveling to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. Browns are six and a half point favorites in this one. Over under set at forty and a half. I like the under here, under forty and a half for this game. I do as well. This is a game where the Browns get up early and they get, they get a you know a couple score lead on the on the Jets, which I expect they will. They are going to be one of the best teams in the league this year in milking clock because of the two workhorses they have at the running back spot with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And this Jets team, 
they are a long way from competing. Zach Wilson will I don't I'm pretty sure he's, he won't be playing in week two. Uh, his his timetable still kind of up in the air on when he's going to be coming back. So I, I'm with you. I'm going to roll with uh, what'd you say? The under a forty and a half. I would probably also roll with the Browns six and a half too. I think that's I think that's a play I like. I like that. Um, next game on the one o'clock in the one o'clock hour is uh one of my favorite bets of the weekend. Uh, this is Tampa traveling to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Uh, Tampa is two and a half point favorite in this game, minus one forty two on the money line. I am on the over forty four and a half in this game. Um, and the reason, the sole reason I'm on the over is because Tom Brady came out there, played a good game. Week one against the Cowboys. Cowboys have a good pass rush, good defense. Um, but this Buccaneers team, man, can attack you so many different ways through the air. And obviously, you got playoff Lenny back there. Leonard Fournette, 124 rushing yards, also caught the ball a little bit. Looked like he was rejuvenated, like he fouled the fountain of youth, I think Jake said last night. Um, and the, the reason I'm on the over here is because Tom Brady came out there and, and I just mentioned it. he played a good game, but it was a little bit quiet from a points perspective. A 19-3 win over the Cowboys. Um, I can't remember the last time we've seen Tom Brady have a quiet game twice in a row. Yeah, I, that, that is a great point. So I'm going to roll with uh, the 23-24 year NFL veteran in Tom Brady and say that uh, he is going to contribute to the over 44.5 in this game. Come out, big coming out party for this Buccaneers team. They're going to go out there. Score some points. I think they'll get the win versus the Saints. I know Tom struggled in New Orleans since being in the NFC South. But um, everything aside, I'm on the over 44 and a half in this one. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to touch the spread in this game. Uh, two and a half points. It's not a big, big margin. And, you know, I, I do think that the Buccaneers are, you know, better than the Saints by two and a half points. Um, but we've talked about the, the, the you know, the, struggles that the Buccaneers have had with the Saints the past couple of years. I think it's like one in five against the Saints in the past like three seasons. They've, they've had a hard time with the Saints for some reason. And you're playing in Mercedes-Benz, which is one of the toughest stadiums to go into and play. It's their home opener. You know, they're going to be going crazy getting to see Tom Brady come back there. So that's going to be a crazy game. I'm also with you on the over. Tom Brady's going to go crazy. And, you know, second half Jameis, second half against the Falcons, Jameis comes out and starts slinging the ball like he was. He can do some damage as well. So both these quarterbacks are going to be playing great games. They're going to be putting up big numbers, and I'm, I'm really pumped up to see. I am curious to see Carlson Davis against Michael Thomas. I'm hoping that's a matchup that we get to see a good bit in this game. It's going to be a really, really fun matchup because Michael Thomas, you know, he started to come alive second half of the Falcons game, like I had mentioned, and uh, Carlson Davis is, you know, an absolute beast. So really, really ready to see that. All right, bring us into the next 1 o'clock game. we got the Carolina Panthers, Baker Mayfield-led Panthers, traveling to New York to take on the New York football Giants. Giants are a point-and-a-half favorite here, minus 126 on the money line. The over-under set at 43-and-a-half. No-brainer for me, Panthers money line. Yeah, Panthers money line. Get, get your plus odds, Panthers money line. Panthers are a better football team than the Giants. All right, next one, we got the New England Patriots traveling to Akershire to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Patriots two and a half point favorite in this game, minus 126 on the money line, over under set at 40 and a half. I'm on the Steelers plus two and a half. Mm, I am also on the Steelers plus two and a half. Uh, I, I would consider putting a, a flyer on the under 40 and a half. I think this might be a pretty low, low scoring affair between these two teams. I don't think either of these teams have a very dynamic offense. Uh, I think most of that stems around quarterback play. I don't think Mitchell Trubisky or Matt Jones are two quarterbacks that are. That are going to go out there, you know, and just put up three tuds and 
300 yards. It's not really neither of their type of game. So I, I, I expect the Steelers to win by two and a half. We talk about TJ Watt being out for a little bit, but that Steelers defense is still loaded. All right, brings us to the next. We got the Indianapolis Colts traveling down to Duval to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Colts are four and a half point favorites in this game, over under set at 44 and a half. Um, I don't like this game at all. Yeah, I'm going to stick away from it. I did not like what I saw from the Colts uh, week one. I do think they're a better team than the Jaguars, so I, I am going to also not put a wager on this game. I also don't like the over-under either, so I, I'll, I'll stick away with it. All right, and this brings us to the last 1 o'clock game of the day. Miami Dolphins traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites here. Minus 190 on the money line. The over-under is set at 44-and-a-half. I am on the Dolphins plus three-and-a-half in this game. Um, I'm sorry, I lost. Yep, I, ooh, 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 this is tough. I'm going to roll with the Ravens. I'm going to roll with the Ravens, uh, minus three and a half. Part of that is because they're playing in Baltimore. I think that's a, that's a pretty different environment for, you know, the Dolphins to go play in. And, you know, this, this might turn out to be a, a pretty high scoring affair. We saw Lamar last week. He, he was, you know, playing a really, really good game. Obviously it was against the New York Jets. So take it with a grain of salt, but I, Actually, now I'm looking at, I don't think this is going to be a game I'm going to have money on because these two teams are two teams that I am still trying to figure out. Obviously, they're both playoff contenders, but I, I want to see, you know, this is going to be a game that we can kind of dictate, you know, what level both these teams are, are, are at right now because one of them played a pretty pretty bad offensive, you know, Patriots team and the other one played the Jets. So, you know, going into week two, this is going to be a fun matchup. You're right. This brings us into the 4 o'clock hour. 425 kickoffs. We have uh, another no-brainer for me. Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Jerry's World to take on the Cooper Rush-led Dallas Cowboys. Bengals are minus 7.5, um, minus 3.35 on the money line. The over-under set at 42.5. I'm on the Bengals minus 7.5 here. There's a couple things in life that you, you don't want to go against, and one of that is a Joe Burrow bounce-back game. Joe Burrow's going to go crazy against this team. I know that's, we had mentioned... My one fear that I do have in this game, and I'm also, before I get into this, I'm also on the Bengals minus seven and a half, so it's not too big of a fear, I guess, is that is that Cowboys pass rush. If if that Bengals offensive line plays how they played last weekend against the Pittsburgh Steelers, we need to start worrying about Joe Burrow's health. Because yeah. I want to say he got, what, sacked seven times last weekend? I think you're and right. Micah Parsons might come out here and sack you five times, bro. So, you know, quick plays, get the ball out quick. Uh make them switch up their defense a little bit and then try to take your shots because that pass rush can get to if you let them. And you look at the way the Bucs were able to run the football against this team. I look for Joe Mixon to have a big game as well. Yeah, Joe Mixon's a guy that does not get talked about nearly enough in my opinion, so, so I, I can also roll with that. I like that. All right, next game, we got the Houston Texans traveling to Denver to take on the Broncos. Um, this is an interesting one. Broncos are nine and a half point favorites in this game. I think that's just way too many points. Um, I'll be on the Texas plus the nine and a half here. The over under set at 45 and a half. I know it's in Denver. I know you got a rust bounce back game after the, the crippling loss to Seattle and the questionable fourth down decision to kick a tying NFL record long field goal. Um, but I, I think nine and a half points, that's just too many, man. I, I don't I don't see it in this game. I think the Broncos are a better team than the Texans, obviously. Um, but Texans plus nine and a half, I'll take that all day. Yeah, nine and a half points in an NFL game is a lot of points. Uh, we talk about college games. Nine and a half does not seem like much. You get to the big boy league, it is close. Uh, and like you mentioned, that's way too many points against the Texans. Texans are... Dougie Mills is going to get his points. 
Dougie Mills is going to put some points up on you. I don't think that the Broncos are going to be able to just play this team out of the water. Uh, I, I will also be on the Texans uh, plus nine and a half. All right. Potential bounce back game here for both teams. This is going to be a good one. I'm going to be watching this game, tuning in this one for sure, kicking my feet up and enjoying it, as I will not have money on this game whatsoever. Arizona Cardinals traveling to Vegas to take on the Vegas Raiders. The, the Raiders are five and a half point favorites in this one, minus 240 on the money line. The over-under set at 51 and a half. Everything inside of me is wanting to go to the Cardinals plus five and a half, but I cannot bring myself to do it. Also, that over-under is is high for an NFL game. 51 and a half in an NFL game is, is a really, really high number, but I'm not going to touch the under because <laughs> if we're talking about two teams that could possibly do it, this is these are two teams that could easily surpass that number. So I am with you, Kenny. I am going to also stick away from this game. These numbers are are, are not, not where I would like to see them. Like I said, I do feel like five and a half to the Cardinals is, is a good bit of points, but... After seeing how they played last week, I I could I, I don't want to put that on them just yet. That's gonna be a fun game to watch. Yeah, definitely. It is going to be a very entertaining game. All right, that brings us into the Sunday night matchup. Chicago Bears at Green Bay Packers. Packers are nine and a half point favorites. That is a ton of points. Ton of points coming off an absolute stinker for the Packers last week. Minus four fifty on the money line. The over under set at forty two and a half. Um I'm not touching this one. Give me Bears plus nine and a half. All right. I'm going with the Bears plus nine and a half. I think that Justin Fields in a little bit calmer weather, this is going to be his season, man. Justin Fields might be the guy that we see have a breakout year. And uh, I was impressed with what he did in week one in that in that rainy weather. I think he's going to do work again this year. Uh, that Bears defense is not terrible. And obviously Aaron Rodgers has no weapons on offense besides his running back room. So let's roll with Bears plus nine and a half. And let's just see what happens. Also, I, 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 I would like to sniff I would like to sniff the under a little bit too. I, I might put a little sniff in the under. I lean the under. The only thing I worry about in this game is an Aaron Rodgers bounce back. That is true. Rodgers is a guy that, you know, he gets frustrated. He might come out and throw for four hundred yards. Christian Watkins, Christian is it Christian Christian Watkins is the guy? Watson. Watson. Christian Watson might come out and have two hundred yards receiving because Aaron Rodgers is going to Lock that man in a, a mental asylum for the whole week for what he did to him. I can't find any player props in this game, but I look for Big Bob to to take the over in the receiving yards in this one. He might go for 150. Big Bob might have 20 targets in this game. He might. Big Bob's going to have 20 in the running backs room. He's going to have 20. Rodgers right. is that guy. Absolute banger of a Monday night slate. We get a Monday night football double header. We got the Tennessee Titans traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Um... Where'd it go? I just lost it. Uh, the Bills are nine and a half point favorites in this game, minus 460 on the money line. The over under set at 48 and a half, followed by 8.30 p.m. kickoff. Minnesota Vikings traveling to Philly to take on the Eagles. The Eagles are a one and a half point favorite, minus 132 on the money line, over under set at 51 and a half. Um, let's talk about this Bills Titans matchup. Nine and a half points again. Obviously, nine and a half is a lot. Um, and it concerns me because this Titans team looked bad. They looked really, really bad. Um, so I, I want so bad to take that nine and a half points for the Bills. But I don't think I'm going to do it. I'm not going to touch that game. I will be completely honest. I am leaning the same. I have the same feeling as you do. The nine and a half for the Bills. But we saw one uh, average week from Derrick Henry. That does not guarantee two average weeks from Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry can come out here and rush for 200 yards and three touchdowns and keep this game competitive. So uh, I'm not I'm not going to jump off that 
off that Titans bandwagon just yet. Uh, like you said, nine and a half is a lot of points too. And the juice is actually with the Titans plus nine and a half right now. So this, this game is going to be an interesting one. I'm going to stay away from it. You may end up taking a little peek at that under 48 and a half. Yeah. Still this makes Bills, me. This Bills defense is real. It is real, and this could be one of those games that I could I could possibly see being like thirty-one to ten game. And you know, at that point the under does hit, but then again it could get to like a, a 31, 21 game and then it doesn't hit. So there's kind of you know, there's kind of some 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 margins that you'd have to play at that point. I do think that this Buffalo team is gonna put up points on this Tennessee defense. So Tennessee does have a good defense, um, but Saquon put up one fifty on them last week. So I keep keep an eye on it for that because Derrick Henry is is coming. Wait, I'm I'm so stupid. I'm I'm talking about a team going against their own damn running back. <laughs> Hold up, my mind was not working. I'm sorry. Scratch everything I just said. CTE. Yeah, CTE. I had too many too many hard hits. Too many uh Jack Sparrows on that cruise we took a couple weekends back. That's what it is. That's what it is. Well, let's talk about the nightcap, man. 8.30 p.m. kickoff. I do have money on this game. I will be taking the Vikings money line, plus 112. And I will be pounding the over of 51 and a half. A lot of points in an NFL game. Um, but this Eagles defense that we talked on, uh, they are a good defense, but they did allow 31 points to the Texans. Wait, no, Texans. Texans played somebody else. Lions. Yeah, I'm thinking about bad football teams. They, they allowed 31 points to the Lions, uh, and this Vikings offense can put up points on you quick. They're not going to have a person on the field that can cover Justin Jefferson. And the same kind of goes away to the other side of the field. Uh, the Eagles offense was awesome week one. Jalen Hurts looked like he could be an MVP candidate. I had mentioned that yesterday when we were talking about it. And if he keeps that up, this could be a very, very high-scoring game between these two teams. All right, I think that wraps it up for the NFL slate. That wraps it up for college football talk. NFL I do have talk. one more thing, Kenny, that I'm, I'm going to throw at you. And I meant to mention this as we were going. This is a parlay, okay. a parlay I was kind of throwing together live that, that I, I really enjoy. And it's an underdog parlay. I tried one last weekend. Did not work out for me this weekend. I'm going to try to do the same. They're fun to do. And they, they seem like the odds line up pretty well for you. So I have a three-team underline, under, underdog parlay. Panthers money line at plus 108. Against the Giants. Commanders money line plus 108 at Detroit. And Steelers money line plus 108 at the Patriots. If you parlay all three of those together, you get a plus 799 odds. Juicy. That is really, really juicy. Oh my God! Okay, I'm getting live Cam Akers news. Uh, I'm not gonna read it right now. I just saw it pop up on my phone. I'm sorry, but yeah, that is a bet that I I think that's my underdog parlay this weekend. That just seems too good of odds for me to pass up on. Might put a little five on it, just a little sprinkle on there. Not not nothing too big, but you know, just something to see if I can win a little bit of money, get some bet money in the betting account after after what week one did to me. I like it. I like it. Anything else? College football, NFL. Before we move on. No, that, that that wraps it up for me, Kenny. All right, you want to talk about how we did last week? Yeah, we can talk about it. I mean, I, I would prefer not to, but we can, I guess. I actually did pretty well. You did good? You did good last weekend? did very good. Thank you, Georgia Southern. Yeah, thank you, Georgia Southern. You kept me in the green. 
Ooh, I have a lot of bets to cover. Um, where are we gonna start? We're gonna start at Thursday night. Thursday night NFL football. Gosh, dude, I don't even have the individual games. I just have my record in front of me. Oh, you just have your record in front of you? Yeah, and my cash flow. Okay, I you you can discuss yours for a second. Let me let me get this numbers together. I'll work on mine. So I actually between college football and NFL, lumped it all in there together. Obviously, I mentioned Georgia Southern, put a rather large and risky wager on Georgia Southern, which led to me over $100 on the money line there against Nebraska. So thank you, Georgia Southern. We love you for that. I did pretty good in this week. After a uh, just under 500 week in week one, week two came in. I went 15 and 11 in week two and netted a total of $177.82 in my betting account after week two rounded out. And that's college football and NFL totaled all together. Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm still live. I'm still counting mine right now. You're good. You're good. And, uh, you know, there's a little caveat to that. I just mentioned the Georgia Southern. Obviously, if we take that Georgia Southern flyer out of the water, um, I'm looking at like $70 out of a uh, four, four win plus week for me. So, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there, depending on how you look at it. Obviously, we're not out here throwing a million dollars around on these bets. We're, we're just kind of slinging around, seeing what we can get, taking lines we're favoring. And um, that, that's kind of where I look. But, yeah, Georgia Southern one for me, that's a game Jake and I both watched live. We hopped on that immediately. Um, that Nebraska team, man, it's so bad. Scott Frost obviously gets fired. That's something that we talked about literally live while we're watching the game. It's like, if Georgia Southern wins this game, no way Scott Frost keeps his job. And surely he does not. So thank you, Southern. You saved my betting account. You made it look a whole lot better. So uh, I appreciate you. Yeah, Southern was clutch. Uh, I had a, had, a, had a very interesting week betting. So Thursday night, cashed out. Thank you, Stefan Diggs, for getting 100 yards and a touchdown to help my parlay. That, that was my only bet I hit, but I ended up in the green. Uh, I think I went one for four on Thursday. And I just want to mention that this past weekend, I was somewhere in the range of uh, like 20 and 24 <laughs> in bets. A, bet. a lot of bets. I was having a lot of fun. Friday, uh, that was the classic Louisville uh, UCF game. I had a I had two parlays on John Reese Plumley, thinking that he was the next god, and he came out the first couple drives and looked like it, but he did not hit any of my parlays. UCF failed for me, and that did not work for me. Saturday, Kenny mentioned it. Georgia Southern, Georgia Southern got the money line. That was one of my happiest bets. I want to say me and Kenny both had. We were jumping up and down his living room while his baby was asleep in the in in the room right next to the living room, and we were jumping in silence. Like soft landings, it, it was it was really professional moves because just for the betting standpoint, that was a really really big thing for us. That was the first time I've ever hit a plus one, plus one thousand plus odds bet, and it, it was a great feeling. Uh, I think it turned like five bucks into like fifty seven dollars. So <laughs> it was it was it was pretty dope. Uh, and Sunday Sunday was a killer. The only thing that kept me alive on Sunday that kept me in the green was uh, my Mike Evans first touchdown score bet. And that is one that I have been trying to hit for a long time, and I finally did. So I, I was really, really happy to see that. Uh, let's go to Monday. Monday, I lost $4.80. And let's just say for this week so far, we're only at Wednesday. Um, I've lost $83 this week. It's worth betting. I have bumped my, bumped my bets up to a more significant number than betting $5 and stuff. I've been betting $40 and stuff, and I have not been hitting baseball. I had mentioned my strikeout one earlier. I mentioned my Brewers one earlier. That's $80 right there that I lost between those two 
two bets. So <laughs> it's gambling, baby. Yeah, it sounds worse than what it really is, though. Uh, Bray's hit for me the other day. Jerry Judy uh, over 16 and a half receiving yards hit in one play. That was a beautiful thing that, that kept me kind of alive on Monday. If that wouldn't have hit, I would have been in a very bad situation. Obviously, the Broncos didn't hit for me. That minus six seemed really, really juicy going into the game, but you know Smith covers. That's what he does, and he continued to do it on Monday. So betting wasn't that great. Um, we're have to make a little deposit to the account. That's all I'm going to say, and we're, we're going to get things back rolling this, this weekend. Uh, we bet to win money. That's what everybody bets to do. But, you know, really, really close seconds to have fun. It helps the sports fans like me and Kenny are. It helps you get more involved in games that you would normally not care about. Like, and it helps you kind of like understand teams more. Like, honestly, if I was not, a, if I was not into sports betting, I would probably not give two craps about Syracuse or two craps about Purdue. Like, there's plenty of teams out there that I watch that I watch now just because I've had success betting for them and it makes me want to bet on them again. So, it, it kind of helps your fandom a little bit, which is which is always a beautiful thing being a sports fan. Yeah, it's just like fantasy football. Just like fantasy football, you put money into it, but it, it kind of just you know sports sports are a hobby, so it, it kind of just you know helps fuel your hobby. And you know if you were to go out on the weekend and go to David Buster's or go to the bar, whatever you want to do on your weekends, you're going to spend more money than I'm going to spend putting in my betting account on the weekend, most likely. So, <laughs> and that consists of me putting money in my betting account. Um, and either sitting at my house watching football all day or going to Kenny's house and watching football all day. Uh, and however much money a 30-pack of Miller Lite costs, that's, that's the only other negatives we're, we're throwing in there. That's right, man. Throwing a steak on the grill, drinking a couple cold beers, and watching the dogs win. Can't ask for a better weekend, especially uh, watching, watching the dogs win and then you know, having, some, having some fun college games to you know, root for other teams for betting purposes. It's always a beautiful thing. Can't beat it. Woke up this morning, there was a little chill in the air. It is football season, man. It's here. Full full go here in Georgia. Yeah, down in Georgia, where we are, uh, during the summer, you walk outside, you feel like you can hardly breathe because they are so thick. You're over here, like, and it just, it, it's, it's just not there. These past couple mornings, and even, like, even going near, like, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, you go outside, you breathe, and it's just nice, cool air. And it, it, it's so, like, it's such a relief, you know, being... From Georgia, and obviously, people up north always talk about how people down here don't know what cold is like because it starts getting below sixty in the mornings, and you're throwing on a coat. <laughs> I know I do. I throw on a hoodie whenever it gets below sixty. I like to drive to work in comfort. You know, got my hoodie on. I'll take it off before I go into work, but just for the you know the daily commute to work, I'll throw one on to be comfortable. And whenever it starts to get that point of the year, that's when I am happy. That's when you know it's football season, baby. That is definitely when you know it's football season. Uh, and then you know the 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 endless pots of coffee in the mornings on Saturdays also let you know. Bottomless coffee is always a win. Yes, sir. Uh, is that is that everything for this episode, Kenny? Did we actually That's keep it under two hours for this episode? Under an hour we, and a half, too. We did. It was a very successful episode. We w- we covered a lot and we did it pretty timely. Very very timely. Uh, a lot better than what we've done in you know past episodes. I will say. AKA yesterday. Well, as of right now, it is Thursday, or excuse me, Wednesday night, 10.39 p.m. So, uh, y'all boys get ready to fire on the TV tomorrow night, or t- tonight if you're on the podcast side of things. Get ready to watch this Chiefs-Chargers game. Uh, and then we head into Friday. We got college football through the weekend and the NFL as well. So, man, it- it's an exciting time. I hope y'all enjoyed it, man. We covered a lot of stuff, talked about our bets, talked about what we're looking at, and um, I'm ready to dive into another weekend of, of some football. Um, we always say it. We'll continue to say it. Thank you so much for your support. 
Um, any feedback you guys can provide just helps us make the show better. Obviously, check us out on all the socials. Check us out on YouTube if you're watching on the stream. Also, check us out on uh, on Twitter at Peach State Pod. Check us out anywhere you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it. And uh, you know, leave us a review. Leave us a uh, any kind of feedback you you get. We're looking to do a little bit more interactive stuff. So any kind of interaction you guys can give us, any kind of feedback you can give us, makes us better. Helps us uh, bring more content to the show, and uh, you know, let us know what y'all want to hear. Yeah, and I do have one more closing thought that I want to mention. Uh, I, I think next weekend, next week's probably going to be a one-episode week, I would assume. Uh, me and Kenny are also, we are going on another vacation. For any new listeners out there, uh, me and Kenny are a family. We're going on a nice little family vacation. Kenny is my brother-in-law. He's married to my sister. Uh, so we have a whole little family trip we're about to go on next weekend. We're excited about that. We're going to be keeping up with all the with all the college ball action on that Saturday and stuff, but I don't know if we'll be able to fit two podcasts in next week. So we aren't leaving till Thursday. I'm assuming Wednesday night we're not going to want to stay up, you know, late and push a podcast. I, I don't know if that's something you would be down for. I I just don't know, if, you know, how, how that's going to work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've talked I talked with uh with Caitlin, see what time we're rolling out of here. But yeah, we'll we'll for sure get a podcast out. Might might do a little. At the beach, live action content while we're down there. Get y'all a little picks across because I know we're going to be tuned into some ball that weekend. We can definitely do a live off the phone. We should be able to do a, a group live off the phone. That that would be that would be pretty electric, especially on yeah, like our on YouTube. It might not be on the podcast side, so but it will definitely we can definitely throw together a nice little live on YouTube. That would be pretty dope. Yeah, we'll be ripping some Jack Sparrows, hopping on the hopping on the surfboard and shredding some gnar. Yeah, we were really excited about that. Uh, like you had said earlier, Kenny, I, I want to say thank you as well. Uh, I think Kenny had covered the socials and stuff already, so I, I'm, I'm going to leave that stuff a little bit bland right here. But just thank you all for the support and uh, always tuning in, listening to us. I know that sometimes we might get a little repetitive and we might get a little bit obnoxious. Uh, if Florida fans tune in, I guarantee you that's probably what they think. Um, but yeah, just appreciate you guys so much. We can't, we, you know, we can't express the thank, the thank yous enough. Uh, it's, it's been an awesome little road so far. We obviously episode 15, we made it this far and we can't wait to push out episodes in the future and keep on getting this stuff on as, as you know, football rolls around. And like we mentioned earlier, the other sports start tuning in too. We have a lot of stuff to talk about and we, you know, we try to squeeze this stuff into, you know, give you guys all the info we can. That's it, man. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it. We'll be back at you again next week. Let's uh let's watch these dogs open up the SEC this week. Go dogs, baby. Oh yeah, check y'all out next time. Go dogs. <laughs>